Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the men from the boys. boys. Get down to the business of sport right here on the world-famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to Park for May on the Ginger's Perspective. And uh, it is quite exciting times, I must say. We're on iTunes. That's where you can find us as well as csdplacy.co.za and cliffcentral.com. So spoilt for choice for MotoGP fans. Park for May on iTunes now. And with me, as always, Rob Portman of Ridefast Magazine, who's been with me throughout the season. We're also on iTunes, Rob. So exciting times for Park for May. Yeah, see, it's a good thing from our first um, podcast that we did till now. I mean, I've, I've also seen a huge increase in, in, in people asking me when the next podcast is going to be done. And um, they love hearing what we have to say and all the behind-the-scenes stuff that we're bringing especially our Brad and Darren Binder. So, yeah, it's been awesome. I think it's been something that, that's needed um, with MotoGP, you know, just climbing and the success that's had this year. It's definitely been uh, the perfect time to, to launch it. And, yeah, I think next year is going to be another terrific year. So, uh, listen out for more exclusive stuff on Park Format. Yeah, definitely. And don't forget to get your copy of Ride Fast magazine. It's out countrywide. If you are a fan of two wheels, you've got to get your hands on a copy now. So, of course, it has been one of those seasons, an incredible season. Brad Binder, Moto3 world champion. Unfortunately, Rob, this week, it hasn't been his week in in Valencia, that breaking his arm. I mean, it was a clean snap. He didn't break it. He snapped that arm. What exactly happened? Yes, it's it's, it's been a a heck of a last month for Brad. Um, I was at the, the last Valencia GP, the last Grand Prix there with Brad and had an awesome weekend with him. Did an amazing job there, but uh, went to Jerez two days off that for his first official test on the new KTM Moto2 bike and uh, found it hard. He, uh, I spoke to him quite a bit after it and he said that it was hard. He, you know, he's, he's not quite up there fitness-wise on the Moto2 bike yet because you need a lot more strength. He did find the bike a bit heavy. He was very tired. He did a lot of laps. He did uh, over 150 laps over the two days. So got a lot of good, useful data from that test. Um, said they were suffering a little bit with front-end chatter on the bike, so uh, a lot of work to be done there. Moved on to Valencia, a track that he obviously was fresh in the memory after just winning the, the last Moto3 race there, and was looking comfortable from the word go. He had uh, another African there, Stephen Woodendog, also testing his new Moto2 bike for the Spanish Championship next year. So, you know, he had him to bounce ideas off and his teammate Oliveira and was doing really well. And in, in the final uh, practice session on on the Tuesday, on the Monday test, uh, unfortunately had a big crash in turn, a very fast crash. And uh, the bike pretty much flipped, landed on his left arm and, yeah, just completely snapped off the radius and, and fractured his wrist. So um, I, I did speak to him straight after the crash while he was on the way to Barcelona Hospital uh, <laughs> to go get checked out by one of the best. Yeah. The best in the business. So, yeah, he's, um, his mom, Sharon, kept me up to date very kindly. And only this morning, he went in this morning at about half past nine for the surgery, came out at about half past 12. Uh, surgery was a complete success, but now he's literally South Africa's version of Iron Man because he's just got screws <laughs>
didn't, he didn't want a fans a good time to happen, but yeah. he's got the time to rest and get himself ready for next year, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. These guys are supermen. I mean, MotoGP, Moto2, Moto3. I mean, the speed of those bikes, the power that they command, you know, it's bound to happen that you're going to come off at some point. So I suppose in a way, like, you know, when it's happened for Brad, as you say, maybe we don't ever want it to happen to a rider, but it may be a blessing in disguise that it's happened now and not in the middle of a season or when he's chasing a title. Yeah, exactly. And... You know, it is going to dent his confidence a little bit because he hasn't been on the motor two for that long. It was only his second test and he already crashed the bike. But, uh, you know, like you said, these guys are gladiators. They'll Brad will dust himself off, get on the bike next time and, and probably go even faster. Yeah. Early stages for him on the motor two, the team and KTM's first effort in the motor two. So it's, it's exciting times. And even when I spoke to him, he didn't sound too downbeat at all. He wasn't upset. He wasn't um, like questioning why it happened or whatever he said he was getting really comfortable with the bike and uh, you know maybe just pushed a little bit too hard but uh, still very upbeat still very excited looking forward to coming back to South Africa unfortunately he doesn't have much of a rest because uh, he's got so many uh, commitments to to sponsors and and, and meet and greets and events but uh, when he does eventually get to um, Shelly Beach with the family and stuff he'll he'll be able to put his legs up and get some well-deserved rest I don't tell everyone where he's going to be now because you know he's going to be swarmed down in Chile. <laughs> anyway, great. Okay, he's going to yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been an incredible season for Brad, but finishing off the, the season with a W top step on, on the podium, coming from 22nd, and, and it, it was awesome to watch, I must say. But, and I've grown to like him over the season as Jorge Lorenzo. I know, like, at one point I said, yeah, he looks like he's got a horrible smell under his nose and he was grumpy and you can understand that he wasn't a happy camper at Yamaha but it was only fitting that he finished off the season um, with with a victory for, for the Japanese uh, team in his last ever uh, MotoGP race for them. Now I can, I can stay quiet, I can relax, I can sleep uh, deep because I, I had the perfect end, no? If my... In my stage of stage of Yamaha in all these nine years, very emotional. Uh, before the race, I didn't expect to win because I knew market was very strong. But uh, luckily, I could open this gap at the beginning and then uh, maintain a little bit the distance. Uh, I suffered so much the last ten laps because when I saw market in second place, I knew he was gonna attack and and, and push at the, uh, push for the limit. But finally, just uh, for one second, I could win the, the race and and make this last, last present to Yamaha. So today we were, we're going to have a big celebration. He definitely looked like a different person and a different rider at, at Valencia. I think because he knew his time was coming to an end with Yamaha, he was obviously a little bit sad because he spent his whole MotoGP career up to this day with that team. But I think he was really excited about the challenge and, and the new venture with the Ducati. And, he kind of proved it that weekend, and I've always said, you know, you can tell Alorenzo's weekend's going to be from the first practice. And from the first lap he, he went out, I was lucky enough to be at Valencia for that final round. And from that first lap, he just, he went, he was the first guy out of the pit. He came onto that front straight, and I could I could just see that this guy was there to race, and he was there to end his Yamaha uh, career off on a high. He also obviously kind of wants to say to Yamaha, okay, well, the other one, you've made a mistake. Yeah. You know, especially with Rossi finishing off the podium, I've won. But anyway, you can have that, and I'm I'm moving off to Ducati. So, you know, that's that kind of Lorenzo that you, you 
you have to respect. Whether you like him or don't like him, you have to respect yeah. Lorenzo when he, when he puts in a performance like that. Definitely. Uh, it's been interesting because he's kind of dominated the headlines, hasn't he, in testing. Everyone has been wondering, you know, how he's going to go on this Ducati bike. And I see even he's considering a, a role for, for Casey Stoner in the garage. I mean, we know Casey Stoner, he's the only man on a Ducati to, to have won the title recently. He knows a thing or two about riding what is a difficult bike to ride at the best of times. But it's exciting times for Jorge Lorenzo and it's definitely going to shake things up next season. Watching all the videos and seeing all the pictures of Lorenzo in that Ducati box, he looks extremely happy. He, there's so many photos of Lorenzo talking to, to Stoner. It's incredible. I really didn't think that Lorenzo would, would want to get much information from Stoner, uh, but he seems to have accepted that You know, it's the only way forward is by you know, getting as much information from someone who's who's really won on the bike consistently, and that was Stoner. So spending a lot of time at, at that Valencia test with Casey Stoner, remember, he's not going to be doing the next Sepang test. He's not going to be riding at Ducati for a while yeah. because of his Yamaha contract. So yeah. really did have to get as much as he could out of that Valencia test. And I'm looking at the at, at like the lap charts and the average speed and the consistency laps, and yeah, Maverick Vinales was extremely fast at that test, and there's another rider we're going to have to watch out for. Yeah. Consistency-wise, Lorenzo was the most consistent out of all the riders. He put in the most 131 lap times. He put in the most 132 lap times on race pace and looked extremely comfortable in the Ducati. And, and looking at it, you know, guys have battled in the past with the Ducati before because they break, like Rossi, breaks really hard for the turns and carries a lot of pressure on the front end going into turns with a front break. And that's where the Ducati's really do stuff in mid-turn with that corner speed on the front brake, loading the front. But Lorenzo gets his braking done early, lets go of the brakes, and carries a lot of corner speed. So he's not loading the front as much as the other guys. And I mean, he didn't even look like nearly crashing at the Valencia test. He just looked consistently fast and comfortable. So I think him coming out of the test is extremely happy. I think Ducati are extremely happy. And you know, watch out for the bike number 99. We could have Ducati uh, causing a huge upset next year. It's going to be very interesting. The three-time world champion, as you said, his Yamaha contract until the 31st of December. After that, he is all Ducatis. And uh, Ducati have even said they know what they need to do to change the bike. So very interesting. But you made a fascinating point there. Maverick Vinales in the Yamaha was someone who caught the eye of a lot of people. And they didn't think he would be as fast as he was. So how does the dynamic work, though? Because... We've seen Rossi in the past where when Lorenzo arrived, it was challenging him. Let's put it that way. All of a sudden, Rossi could be in the same position with Maverick. He's going to have to do an extra amount of work just to make sure he stays faster than Maverick Vinales because Maverick is a proper talent. He's going to be fast and he wants to prove himself at Yamaha. Definitely, after that test, he has to be a firm favorite for the title next year. He did an incredible job on the Suzuki this year. Um, you know, didn't crash the bike a lot. Uh, when things went going his way, he kind of picked up the fifth and sixth position. Very mature rider, Mary Pignoli, this year. And he climbed on that Yamaha, and from the lap times, was straight away on the pace. I mean, on the, on the Tuesday or the Wednesday test session, the only rider to get into the 129s, I mean, Rossi only just got into the 29s over race weekend, as did Lorenzo. So... For Vignales to go first time out and, and already do those lap times, and again, looking at the lap charts, yeah, it was definitely between him and Marquez setting the, the, the most fastest, consistent fastest laps in the, the, the two-day test. So uh, 
Spurs will be looking at that. Rossi will be thinking, I mean, what do I have to do? I've just got rid of one fast Spanish rider, and I've got another fast Spanish rider that's coming to the team now and is going to be, you know, uh, living at, the, at, at at my heels type thing. So, but next year is going to be incredible. Uh, you know, he showed good pace in the Suzuki. He had a couple of big crashes, but he showed good pace. Vignales is going to be there. Lorenzo is looking at him. The Caddy Marquez and the Honda are only going to get better. Rossi will want to, you know, put in another solid charge. And we know he will. Oh, man, all, all signs are just pointing to another epic season for sure. Yeah, definitely. Rob, quickly before we, we wrap things up, interesting that both Rossi and Marquez are both calling for more acceleration, more speed, because the grunt of those Ducatis down the straight left people in the dust. And, and it'll be interesting to see what they come up with for next season, considering all of a sudden you've got these other riders in new teams with massive points to prove. It's such a pity that uh, Lorenzo Con couldn't really comment on, on the Ducati after the, the two-day test because Yamaha pretty much told him he's got to keep his lips. Uh, firmly shut because he's uh, still under contract from Yamaha but I'm sure the first thing that he would have said was man this thing is fast because even here knowing at that last Valencia race just the, the grunt out of the turn and the way that the caddy is able to hold its speed down the, the long straights the short straights whatever that bike is getting better and better every race meeting I mean you know again put in an amazing performance at the last Valencia GP on the bike to, to, to finish on the podium beat Rossi and beat Vignales, beat a lot of good names. So in the hands of Lorenzo next year, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a tough challenge for, for Honda and Yamaha to beat. And Marquez is definitely complaining. He needs more grunts out of the turns. I think if he gets it, it's going to be another ball game for, for Marquez. We're going to see him yeah. maybe run away with races again because he's definitely not on one of the best bikes at the moment. And Rossi, I think, just wants a little bit more control in his hands rather than the bike controlling. I think he wants to be able to get on the gas and get full power when he wants it without the bike telling him how much power. So a lot of work to do over the preseason for a lot of the teams. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what uh, transpires after the Sepang test and then going into next year. Ah, oh, fascinating times. I've already got withdrawal symptoms. I think I'm going to be spending the next couple of weekends re-watching races. But Rob Portman, thanks for your time as always. Um, remember to get you a copy on Ride Fast magazine. Out countrywide, it is the best magazine. If you're a Two Wheels fan, you've got to get your hands on the copy right now. And remember, we're on iTunes, so uh, you can find us on iTunes as well as cliffcentral.com and csduplicy.co.za on the Ginger's Perspective. This has been Park for May. We'll catch you again next time.